0: Hello guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got another edition of the Big Questions of 2024. As we said the other day, we're going to go through a bottom eight and a top eight team each day. Today we have got the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Canberra Raiders. We've randomized these. We've got the Raiders who obviously finished eighth and the South Sydney Rabbitohs who just finished in the bottom eight. Those are the two teams we're going to get stuck into today. Two of the most interesting sides heading into next year. I I think a lot of people are expecting the Rabbitohs to jump up. Quite a bit, and I think a lot of people are expecting the Raiders to drop down quite a bit. And I think that is a pretty uh, generally shared opinion by most rugby league fans, from what I've gathered. So, plenty to talk about there, plenty to get stuck into. Let's start with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, last season, I remember being up there at Magic Round. We joke about with uh, Matty the Waterboy all the time about him walking around the Caxton after they'd absolutely destroyed Melbourne, uh, asking everyone, who's going to beat us, who's going to beat us, who's going to beat us? Uh, And my running joke with him was that it was everyone fucking beat you towards the back end of the season. Uh, I've... Very rarely have I seen the wheels fall off like they did with South Sydney. Uh, you probably had the Brisbane Broncos the year before, sort of similar kind of situation, uh, but it was just absolutely bizarre to watch how it played out with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, you have a look at like that Broncos side, that obviously come from the bottom all the way to the top four and then fallen back a little bit, whereas the South Sydney Rabbitohs, it's not like it was unusual for them to be in the top eight or in the top four. Uh, that's where they live. That's where they've been the last you know five or six seasons, whatever it might be. Uh, so it was bizarre to watch how it all fell apart with the South Sydney Rabbitohs this year. Uh, and heading into next season, uh, I, th- I think that's one of the big talking points, and we'll get to that soon. But I think for me, uh, the you know one of the most important questions, and we spoke about the Manly Seagulls the other day, and we looked at their fullback, Tom Travojevic, and I sort of said, you know what? This team, they are a top eight side when he is in it. They are a bottom eight side when he is not. And for me, it's pretty much that simple. If Tom Travojevic is going to play 20-plus games, I back them to make the top eight. If he doesn't... I, I can't see them making the eight. I look at Latrell Mitchell in a similar fashion, but I look at Latrell Mitchell as if he is in the side, they are a genuine shot at a premiership. Uh, if he is not, though, I don't believe they can go on to win it. And I know in 2021, they went all the way to the grand final without Latrell. I can hear your your, your arguments 100%. Uh, but I think that, you know, the last few years, and I think like I've been saying it for a long time, getting to a grand final and, and winning a grand final are two vastly different things for me. Uh, and look, I think that Latrell Mitchell is is the absolute superstar in this team. He is the ace up the sleeve. The South Sydney Rabbitohs play their best footy when he is in this side. Uh, I think the big thing for me is, though, that he needs to be fit and available come finals time. I think come September footy, Latrell Mitchell needs to be at his absolute fittest. He needs to be starting to peak, and I think that's going to be a big thing for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It is tapering their key guys to be at their absolute best at the right end of the season, and I think Latrell Mitchell, he is obviously a a balancing act there is no denying that there is no tiptoeing around that he is a balancing act uh, with a lot of things in his game and they need to be tapering him for the back end of the season have him at their, uh, at his absolute best and he needs to take on some responsibility and make sure that he is available during that period because there's last there's been a number of times over the last few seasons whether it be injury suspension whatever it might be where he's not been available when they need him and when you are the marquee player you need to be available when your team needs you and that's finals footy the South Senior Rabbitohs I know they missed the last year, but they are not a team that is happy with making finals. They are a team that should be aiming to win a premiership each and every season and I know that they are that sort of side. Uh, they've got a fantastic team this year. This is, we're sort of getting into that twilight zone of okay Jack's arrived, they've got Luttrell, they've got Cody Walker still, they've got Damian Cook, Cam Murray, Cullum and Tungy on the rise Campbell Graham on the rise, you know Isaiah Tass on the rise, Ty Munro, like that. They, they have got a team to be able to win a premiership there and in the next two or three years a lot of things- things are going to change, yeah? There's going to be a lot of things that are going to change in the next two or three years as far as Damian Cook, Cody Walker. I'm sure they will lose a couple of these very talented young guys that they have, but they're in a very delicate spot right now where they have got a perfectly sort of balanced squad, in my opinion. The halfback might be a bit of an issue, Lachlan Ilyas, but I think he does enough in a team full of other stars for them to be able to manage that, and hopefully he just develops and keeps growing this year. Uh, I think they're in a really good spot, but regardless. Regardless of everyone else, they need Latrell Mitchell fit and available come September. I think that's one of the biggest questions for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Will he be there? Will he be available? And will he be at his absolute best? Question number two for me. Harm Saleh, he's obviously departed. He's headed to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Now, when you go through and you name all the stars in the South Sydney Rabbitohs side, Harm Saleh probably doesn't get a bait in the top 10. But for me, whenever I was watching South Sydney last year, I thought, you know, you can literally just target their form down to... When one of Totola or Harm Sele wasn't available, they're a completely different football side. If they don't win the middle, it's all good more to have all the stars in the world at 5'8", fullbacks, centers, wingers, all this sort of stuff. If you aren't winning the middle, you, South Sydney just can't get on the front foot, and that is just the reality of it. You can literally see a complete nutter difference in this side when one of Sele or Totola was out last year. Harm Sele has now departed. Uh, they have obviously got guys like David Moali, these sort of guys that they've been bringing up for the last few years, but in my mind, I think Harm Saleh is a very, very big loss. And I think if they have just one injury to a Totola or a Tom Burgess, I think that's when you'll see the Harm Saleh injury really compounding very, very quickly. Uh, they've got a great forward pack, but it was very evident to me just how important uh, those guys were. I'm hoping by adding like a Jack Whiten to this side, that'll give them a little bit more go forward coming out of their own end as well. I'm hoping that Jack gets really involved and takes plenty of hit-ups coming out of his own end. We know Campbell Graham will. We know Isaiah Tass will. AJ's not so much that sort of winger, so adding Jack Whiten in I think that will really, really help with that uh, but yeah, Harm I think how they replace him and who steps up in his place whether it is a Davy Mowali uh, whether it's like a Talos Duncan that sort of steps up as a middle forward, a Havili I'm not quite sure how it's all going to play out, but I do think that they are really going to miss Harm I think he's a really underrated loss I think he's a really underrated signing uh, for the St. George Illawarra Dragons as well, so you could tell last year when they were going poorly, their middles were really suffering, they weren't winning the center third, and I think it is something that uh, I, I think people are sort of sleeping on a little bit. I think Harm is going to be a big loss. They need to find a way to replace him. Someone needs to step up into that role. I'd probably be looking at Davy Moali. I think he's probably the guy, but I think Talos Duncan with you know his first year of first grade under his belt, proper first grade, uh, I, I think he'll come on leaps and bounds as well. I'm hearing rumors that like Keon uh, could end up playing a bit through the middle as well. So plenty to watch there with the South City Rabbitohs. But with Cam Murray, Keon, Jairo, they should be able to fill that void. But all those guys were there last year and it was just something that I consistently noticed when one of those two big boys was out. South Sydney really did struggle. Uh, Now my last question uh, and it comes it coincides with my Christmas wish list uh, as we all know there was drama all around South Sydney and uh, you know you have a look last year at the Rabbitohs how it all played out you have a look at you know the last few years the teams that have struggled whether it be the Broncos that fell out of the aid a couple of years ago the Manly Seagulls with Jersey Gate uh, whenever there is noise around a club it is never a good thing look at the West Tigers for the last 10 fucking years uh, noise is never a good thing good footy clubs do not make noise that is the reality of it and the South Sydney Rabbitohs have been one of the noisiest over the last three or four months. They really need to get all this off-field stuff sorted. I don't know what the differences are, you know, rumours of players being treated differently, all this sort of stuff. I can't comment. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's false. It's just all rumours, all speculation. Uh, But quite often in rugby league, where there is smoke, there tends to be a bit of fire. How big the fire is at South Sydney, I do not know. I do not have the slightest fucking clue, and I don't think anyone knows outside of the guys that are within that. Circle as well, but it is obvious that something has gone on there. With you know the way that Sam Burgess departed, uh, and, and just the way that the team just fell into an absolute fucking shambles at the back end of last season, there is something going on there that they need to sort out, and that needs to be sorted out uh, because this year this year's going to be tough for South Sydney. A, a lot of expectation. They'll get a, a lot of attention with Jack White arriving. They're going to have to start the season with a trip to Vegas. There's three other teams going there as well, uh, but it's it's still going to be tough. It's like going on the World Club Challenge. It's It sort of throws everything out of whack a little bit. Uh, There's going to be pressure on the halfback. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, There's going to be eyes on Jack White, and there's always going to be eyes on Latrell and Cody. It's just the reality of it. So there is going to be a lot of pressure on South Sydney, and as soon as they start to lose games or as soon as something starts to go wrong, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a very, very easy article to write for all the journos out there that want to come after South Sydney, whether it be an article about Luttrell, whether it be an article about Sam Burgess, off-field drama, the Jack White and signing, whatever it might be, they, you know, they can still pull out of their hat, letting Adam Reynolds go for Lachlan Ilias. There is a million things you can write about South Sydney that will grab headlines, that will get attention and will get clicks. And that is the reality of it. So the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they need to be winning games of football. They need to be the consistent side that they are on paper and the consistent side that they should have been Last year, And for me, that all starts off the field. They need to have everything in order and everything ready to go because this this 2024 season, it is a genuine opportunity, in my opinion, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs to win a Premiership. I think right now and probably the next year as well, they are right in the sweet spot of still having Cookie, still having Walker, having, you know, your Cam Murrays, your Coleman Tungys, your Campbell Grahams, those young guys still having AJ, Jack Whiten arriving. Uh, and then you've got young guys like Talos Duncan. Like, the, the, they've just got a very Ty Munro... Havili's been a great little signing. They've just got a very well-balanced side at the moment. You might see Jai Gray over the next year or two as well. They're in a really good little sweet spot, South Sydney, and they've got to take advantage of it, which means putting themselves in the best possible position that they possibly can get the off-field sorted, that would be my Christmas wish list for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Let's move to the Canberra Raiders. Uh, obviously finished eighth last year. Uh, obviously went up there to play Newcastle in week one, I believe it was. Uh, got dusted up there uh, in a very, very tight affair. Uh, cracking game, and it probably goes a different way if it wasn't for the Jack White and bite incident. Uh, I actually thought the Canberra Raiders were sort of starting to get on top, but then they sort of invited the crowd into the ga- game in that moment. Uh, but look, the... The Canberra Raiders, they're a team that didn't win a single game 13-plus last year. Everything was 1-12, which is just unbelievable. And they either win tight or they sort of get blown out a little bit. They are a very unorthodox sort of side. uh, And, you know, everything's sort of built around Jack White and his running game. He has now left, so that's going to leave a massive void. And that's my first question. How do they fill the void left by Jack Whiten? But not only Whiten, also Jared Croker. Uh, Mr. Experience in that side. They're letting go of a lot of experience in those two. There's more to come, which we'll talk about soon. But Jack Whiten, it sort of felt like whenever they were in a little bit of trouble or whatever it might be, a big run by Jack Whiten would, would would get them out of trouble. His combination with Hudson Young on that edge was fantastic as well. Defensively, they were great. I think that's what they are going to really miss with Jack Whiten as well. Uh, that, you the Canberra Raiders, they are a side that they don't score too many points, Uh, and now they're going to have to replace Jack with one of, you know, three or four options that they have got, but none of them defend as well as Jack White, so that also does open up uh, another little something there, and I think Jack White, he just brought a bit of that uh, CUNT to this side, and he's just what you need, he is just a goer, I always say I would pick him in Origins, one of my first picks, because he always wants blood, and I think it's something that we sleep on with Jack White a little bit, just that... You can't measure it. It's hard to really describe it, but he's just got that competitive fire inside him that when moments come, he he, he he obviously does lift. We've seen him do it in Origin a number of times, seen him do it in that grand final. A lot of people say he shouldn't have won the Clive Churchill and short, whatever, uh, but he had a cracking game that night. His kicking game was fucking 10 out of 10. It was unbelievable. I always say Brett Morris, if there was any other winger than Brett Morris on that wing, I reckon the Canberra Raiders score a, a, an extra try or two out of that wing. Brett Morris is unbelievable, but he had to be because Jack White's kicking game was so good that night. It all sort of changes now. It puts a lot of pressure on Jamal Fogarty. He has to be the main guy down there, and it'll be interesting to see who he's paired with, but we'll get to that soon. I think replacing Jack Whiten is going to be a big test, but then the experience of also replacing Jared Croker, another big question mark for the Canberra Raiders. Um, for me... It's a bit of a changing of the guard over the next year or two for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, you have a look at that side. As we said, Jack White leaving. He's been the face of the Canberra Raiders for quite some time, uh, as has Jared Croker. So both those guys gone. Then I have a look at the forward pack, Elliot Whitehead. Ricky Stewart said the other day, this will be his last season. So Elliot Whitehead will leave a big hole of experience. Thankfully, you know, Hudson Young's really starting to come into his own. He needs to have a, a, a big season this year. Uh, and then you've also got Jordan Rapana, who has been, you know, he played, he plays wing, he plays fullback, he does just about everything for this side. He is just so active, and he sort of he sort of is the embodiment of the Canberra Raiders football at the moment. It's a little bit unorthodox, sometimes it's ugly, but fuck it is tough, and he just hangs in every battle, and he's always having a red-hot crack, Jordan Rapana. So when Elliot Whitehead and Rapana do depart the Canberra Raiders, which Ricky Stewart said will be at the end of this season, Real changing of the guard. I think Elliot Whitehead is probably underappreciated by a lot of fans in Rugby League outside of Canberra Raiders fans. I think that he brings that real grit to this footy side, uh, and I think he is sort of the main voice and one of the leaders in this pack. Losing him is going to be really tough. They're going to have to replace him with someone. I'm hearing there's a good chance Zach Hosking uh, could land down there, which I think would be a good get. Uh, But once again, experience, very, very hard to replace. You look at Zach Hosking, I'm a huge fan of him. He has only realistically played one full season in first grade, and you could see at the back end of that season it was really... Really starting to get to him as well. We're really starting to wear him down. And that's where having someone like Elliot Whitehead, you know, he might only be a 7 or 8 out of 10, but he's a 7 or 8 out of 10 every single fucking week consistently, whether it's round 1 or round 27, whenever when everyone's beaten to a pulp. And there is something in that. There is no doubt about it whatsoever. And I think sometimes as fans, you know, we don't go through the training every week. We don't go through the injuries week in, week out, all the needling up. And when you get to round 27 and you've still got a warrior like Elliot Whitehead, who can go out and play at a high click, that's Sort of stuff matters, and I think you only realise how much you appreciate it once it's not there. So it'll be really interesting to see how they go, and I think it's just a changing of the guard with the Canberra As You have a look at the last few years; you know they haven't had the greatest side on paper. They've had holes throughout their team and whatnot, but the attitude has been, "Hey." We make fucking finals footy. We are the Canberra Eders. We play tough. We play gritty footy. We play for eighty minutes. We do it harder than others, but we make it to finals footy. We are there in September, and with key guys like Rappin' are gone, with key guys like Elliot Whitehead leaving, with Jack gone, Jared Croker, um, Ricky Stewart's going to have to instill that in new guys, and I think he started to do that with you guys like you know Joe Tarpanay, Hudson Young, Matty Timoko is really starting to come into his own. Jamal Fogarty's obviously got got to be one, one of the key leaders of that, uh, but I think it is a changing of the guard. Moment, and they need a couple of these young guys that have showed a lot of promise at the Raiders the last couple of years to really step up this season. I think Hudson Young's probably the most important one. He because he he's a guy that is just Ricky Stewart through and through. He's got a bit of fucking shit in him, but he's a very skillful, tough, talented player. Went to Origin last year, did pretty well. Didn't blow it away like I expected, though. To be completely honest with you, so he needs to come back this year and really light it up for the Canberra Raiders and really be the guy that they need him to be. Because uh, I think he is going to be, you know, that the the next Elliot Whitehead sort of guy, the guy that they can build a franchise around. There, Hudson Young, so a big season coming up for him. Uh, my last question. My very last question, and it sort of coincides with my Christmas wish list. I think it's a pretty obvious one here. The Canberra Raiders' spine. What is doing? Uh, They've got two or three hookers down there uh, between, you know, Starling and Wolford. I think that'll be the option that they will run with. I don't think Danny Levi is down there anymore, so it'll be those two. Uh, So you're already using a utility spot on a second hooker, which I think is okay. I'm fine with the Canberra Raiders doing that. Two very good hookers. Neither of them are like absolute blow-it-away superstars, though. Uh, So normally, if you're Running with a you know with nines like that, you want to have you know fucking deep pockets in other spots in your spine, which at the moment they simply don't have. Uh, halfback Jamal Fogarty will be the seven. He'll be leading this side around. He's in for a big season. I think he's going to have to have a huge season. I'm very keen to see this guy have his own team now. I think previously it was still Jack's team. I think Jamal now will be the dominant voice, and I'm very excited to see how he goes. Uh, five eight in fullback. I have no idea whatsoever how this is all going to play out. Uh, Seb Chris could play either of these positions. I know that Seb Chris played fullback last year and he struggled at the start, but he made a really good fist of it throughout the season. For me, I think Seb Chris is an out-and-out centre. I think that's where he needs to be. I think that is his best position. I would have centres of Matty Timoko and Seb Chris. That would be the way that I would run, which leaves the 5'8 and fullback spot open. Maybe Ricky chooses to go with Seb Chris at fullback. I've heard 5'8, but I just refuse to believe it. maybe chooses to go with him at fullback just because he knows what what he's going to get. But for me, I would be going with one of the other guys. I'd be moving in a different direction. Now, you've got options here. You've got Ethan Strange, who obviously came in and played a bit of first grade late last year. Personally, I'm not sure if he's ready to be a full-time first grader. Uh, Chevy Stewart is the other one. I absolutely love Chevy. I think he's very talented. Probably been underwhelming over the last year or so, though, if I'm completely honest. But I still believe that Chevy uh, can be a very, very good first grader and can, you know, play rep football and whatnot Uh, but do I think he's ready for first grade right now probably not to be completely honest with you so I I personally don't think Ethan Strange or Chevy Stewart are probably ready for first grade now so I think there will be uh, some teething issues I think there will be uh, some disappointing moments there will be hard lessons to learn Uh, but that is the reality with first grade and this is where you ideally want to start to bring these guys in when they're surrounded by experience unfortunately for these guys it's probably not going to be the case they will have Jamal which will be fantastic Uh, but I don't think anyone has, you know, Jamal Fogarty in their top, you know, eight halfbacks in rugby league. Realistically, uh, they don't have a top 10 hooker in rugby league. And it looks like I reckon they could potentially end up as the, uh, you know, fullback 5'8 combination. Other guys that are in this squad, you've got Troy Dargan down there, who's down there on a uh, train and trial contract. A little bit of an older guy. Once again, Troy Dargan isn't an absolute superstar, don't get me wrong. uh, But I've always been a fan of his. Uh, I think he's very underrated. He's one of my guys that I'm confident if he if he gets in a good system, he would make a very, very good seven or six. I think people sort of sleep on him a little bit and how much talent he does have. But you look through their squad and you know KO Weeks is down there. He's the other one that could play five eight. I'll be honest with you, though, as I watched him towards the back end of last season, uh, sorry, as I watched him in his times he played for the Manly Seagulls, I thought he was very uh, uh, underwhelming. Um, and he's obviously, you know, not as young as, like, Ethan Strange and them. I think he's 21 years old. So still very, like, he, he, he's not old by any means. Uh, but these other guys that are quite young, Chevy Stewart, who's 18, uh, I probably don't think he's quite ready for first grade right now. Ethan Strange might be 19 they're they're, going to have to blood these guys throughout the season, though. I think they are going to have to come in. Kale Weeks, uh, maybe I was sleeping on him a couple of minutes ago. Maybe he is the guy to play 5'8" but I'm just not convinced he's a six. Now, Troy Dargan, he arrived there on a train and trial. I've actually noticed that he's actually listed on their website. Uh, I think he would be a very interesting guy to bring in. I've always been a big fan of Troy Dargan. As I said, very underrated guy. He's not going to blow it away. He's not going to be a superstar. He probably fits into that category of, um, you know, sort of uh, not not to the same level as, like, uh, a Sam Williams and and the other half that was down there who I'm completely skipping on his name. Uh, but I think he would just be a solid option down there. And I think that, you know, potentially having him playing 5'8 and maybe having Chevy and Ethan in reserve grade for the first few weeks or the first few months playing, um, you know... Six and one, really to get them ready for that role. Uh, I I think that might be the way to go to either go with Troy or KO Weeks. But I think eventually this season, you do want to try and blood some of these new guys in the spine and try and get them used to first grade. Uh, Because next year, in 2025, I mean, if Jordan Rarpin is not there, he's the other option they could play at fullback. I'd be looking to the future though. Uh, And it depends what Ricky wants to do. Does he want to prepare for the future? or Does he want to try and win games right now? I'd be looking to try and prepare for the future. I'd be starting to get these guys some reps, uh, and I'd be getting them ready to hopefully lead the Canberra Raiders into their next era. The other one is Xavier Savage. Obviously, uh was the fullback to be a couple of years ago. I just, I can't really work out the optics, what's going on around Xavier Savage. Uh, he doesn't seem to be... the most popular guy as far as, like, Canberra Raiders and their selection process. I mean, they went with Seb Chris last year. Uh, They had injuries. They moved other guys around, Jordan Rapiner and whatnot. So... Just from the outside looking in, I'm not quite sure where Xavier Savage stands with the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I personally think that he probably, at the moment, he's a little bit too erratic to be a fullback. I'd be more than happy to place him out on the sting. He is lightning quick. I think he'd be be handy out there. But I'm not totally convinced on him as a first-grade fullback right now. You also watched the reserve-grade games last year. Uh, most of the time, Chevy Stewart, in the games that I saw, was playing fullback when Xavier Savage was in the side. So I think Chevy is the guy they're probably looking for uh, or looking two in the future. Uh, you've also got, you know, KO can play fullback, 5'8". They've got a number of options, but none of them that really stand out as the perfect fit for me. So it will be interesting to see which direction they go. But just keep an eye on Troy Dargan. I reckon he's a guy that's going to fly under the radar a little bit. Uh, once again, don't think he's an absolute superstar or anything, but he is definitely a first grader. I think he's got the talent to be a first grade seven or six, likely a six in this side realistically, but I probably think he's more of a halfback. Uh, but Jamal Fogarty has to be the halfback in this side. So plenty to watch with the Canberra Raiders heading into next season. I think the Christmas wish list is that by the end of 2024 a fullback and a 5'8 put their hand up during the season and go hey this is my fucking jersey I want it. I want it Ricky for the next few years I want to lead the Raiders into this new era without Jack without Elliot Whitehead, without Rarpina, Jared Croker, these sort of guys. I want to be the guy to wear the one. I want to be the guy to wear the six and keep moving forward and you're going to need other guys in this side to do the same especially in the forward pack as we said Elliot Whitehead leaving. Uh, it looks like unfortunately Corey Hadou Nider will not play again. So shout out to Corey. Uh, I feel very, very sorry for him. Atamariota is one that really needs to stand up this year. Peru will probably get more first grade games. Danny Levi is still on their list, sorry. So he's still uh, available at Hooker. Emre Gula needs to have a big season. Obviously Josh Papa getting older. I thought Solo was good last year in the minutes that he played. Um, you've also got Morgan Smithies who's arriving there is going to be a very exciting guy to watch. And Trey Mooney, who had another good year in reserve grade, didn't quite translate in first grade, so he needs to have a big year. But Adam Mariota, he's another one that I think jumps out of the ground this year with Hudson Young and Corey Horsburgh to sort of lead them into that next era. Uh, very, very interesting year for the Canberra Raiders. Uh, I think a lot of people are tipping them to be a bottom eight side. They will be in my bottom eight when we get to uh, predictions and whatnot in the preseason. I just think there's too many other squads that are going to be stronger than the Canberra Raiders. But this is where Ricky loves to be. Doubted underdogs fucking siege mentality he's got the forward pack to compete he's got the halfback he's he's missing a lot of other key pieces no doubt about it but we'll see what ricky can do a really good dominant forward pack it can take you a long way in rugby league as we know and this raiders pack it is one hell of a side the depth in this pack is fucking sensational a couple of young guys really step up and maybe the raiders could be the little surprise packet of 2024 only from rustolium